It's so easy to open your Bible, read a scripture, and talk to people about it. But are you actually reading that scripture and understanding it for yourself? Or are you just reading it out of your mouth? Hey, I'm Amani. And this is Elijah. And this is the Deeper Waters Podcast by Pistanas Bros. Diving right into the waters right here. <laughs> so essentially, we are here to give some sort of Gen Z Bible study, you could say, where we are here as Gen Zers, and we are here to come to you and bring God's word. We are Gen Zers. We were, we're, we're told off that we're stupid, and <laughs> we might just be validating that point right now. But anyways, going into what we were looking at earlier, we're just trying to follow that same call to be fishers of people or what we believe disciples. Simply, you could call us Piscatas bros. What does Piscata mean? If you actually look at it, Piscato is the Spanish word for fish. And we wanted to create a name for being disciple makers, being fishers of men, and fishy dudes did not sound good. <laughs> There's a difference between fishing as a lifestyle and fishing as a hobby. And when you're living to be a disciple maker, you're pushing yourself, but when you push yourself so much, sometimes you'll you'll eventually get to that state where you, where you just start doing it. Because what, what, what would really happen if we, if we were wrong? Nothing. But if we were wrong in the other way, man, what, what, what would that life be like? 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 Hey y'all, I hope you guys are doing well. I have you guys all in my prayers, especially anybody who is in college right now. I know if you, I'm assuming if we get this episode out on time, you guys have just finished up your midterms. I know college has been rough on us just to get this podcast recording alone um, on top of, you know, being in different time zones and all that. Mm -hmm. But we're very excited to be back. We're definitely praying for all our hardworking college students, any hardworking students in general, or if you're blessed enough to not have to be in school right now, God bless you. But today we are going to be talking about uh, what it means to be a reprobate and how not to become one. I know we had a little bit of a spin on the name on being uh, not falling for the (laughs) reprobate, Um, but we have to... In this episode, we really just want to look at what leads you to become of that mindset. Um, Elijah, actually, I believe you have a dictionary just to define what that is. Can you tell us what oh, yeah, your dictionary absolutely. says? Uh, professor. Uh, professor. professor oh, I, I got to give credit to whom I'm not... credit is due. Uh, <laughs> so Bible no, scholar. No, Bibles. no, not yet. We'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Um, it, in this definition, and this is a, um, it's called the handy dictionary of the Bible. Um, I, I'm going to mess up the name. It's Merrill C. Tenney is it's ed, who it's edited by. And it's just kind of dictionaries that words in the Bible. And it says moral corruption, unfitness, disqualification, and disapproved is the definition that they use in different ways in the Bible. This is what they meant when they talked about reprobate disqualification that's interesting because that's what a lot of these translations translate those words mm-hmm. to because i know king's james version usually uses this term and this term is used a lot but a lot of translations did not keep this term um yeah but 
Brett's is going to start with one of the most popular verses, passages in the Bible in Romans 1, 21 through 32. So this is a little lengthy of a passage, but it's all worth it. So I'm going to go ahead and read mm. through all of this. So starting, and this is in the King James Version. This is probably the only verse in King James Version we're going to read today. But uh, I think this is a good translation for this particular verse. So yeah. it says, because when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness through lust of their own heart to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up into vile affections, for even their woman did not change their natural use that was against nature. And likewise, also men leaving the natural use of the woman burned with lust towards one another. Men with men working that which is unseemingly and receiving in themselves the recompense of their error, which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignant, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despisers, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only to the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. So, that is a lengthy passage, but it's very, very specific. And I think the biggest thing I wanted to focus on is what exactly a reprobate is. So we talked about how it unqualifies somebody, but also it's a mindset as what this passage described it as. So in this passage, it tells us that not only there's a lot of things that you do, but it's a mindset that you're in so to add more to this definition of being a reprobate um if you look it up just basically on google you'll see that it just means to be an unprincipled person some would say they're destined for damnation or anything bad basically which is what this verse talked about but i really want to yeah, focus on yeah. the two aspects uh, one the disqualification aspect and two, I think the bigger aspect is what it means to be an unprincipled person. It says in that verse, when people turned away from God's wisdom, they were given to that mindset. So they didn't necessarily just have that before, but it was the rejection of God that led to that mindset. And that mindset means you're unprincipled. You don't have any rules. And here, like it wasn't a short list of things. There was a long list of things that made you into a reprobate 
And mm, I know, yeah. who yeah. knows, maybe you might have had that growing up, or maybe you have that now. But we definitely want to talk and expound on what that means. Elijah, do you have anything you want to say about what this verse is saying? Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I, I like how it goes into depth so much on just... I like how it explains. It's not that you were necessarily, like like you said, you were in it, but because you turned away from God is why. And, and it kind of gives that reaction. It, 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 I, I like when the Bible does that because sometimes, so many times, things get misconstrued or, and, and miscued, I guess. I think I'm using that word right. But it, it gets changed up so much and people try to change it for what they want. But it literally kind of goes into, like, you got it abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their heart desires. He then abandoned them because of what they were doing. So it, I, I like how it says because of that, he did this. And I, and I like when it does that. So it, it doesn't give any chance of of why. It doesn't give anyone to ch- a chance to change it up because he gives an exact reason why. You yes, know? and he gives also exactly what you become. And I know uh, I have a little note here. Like I know we've talked about it a couple weeks ago. Or I don't know if it was last week. It's been a couple of weeks since we've recorded, so I'm not exactly sure. Um, but I know we talked about <laughs> different things with sin, and also on the specifically in the temple episode, we talked about putting out a strange fire. And I know we've talked about it in like the sin within episodes and all those episodes about sin. But we talked about how we do have evil desires that our flesh does have. And that's why they call it all works yeah. of the flesh, even if they're spiritual, like witchcraft is even considered a work of the flesh because it requires your flesh and fleshly desires to do that versus spiritual desires of the spirit of God um, is not of the flesh. But we know we have our own evil desires and... um even if you look at the Lord's prayer, part of it says, lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. I think that's mm-hmm. another aspect when we look at what wisdom is. In the Bible, it says you cannot have wisdom unless you turn to God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So if you don't even believe in God, you don't truly have the wisdom. You may have knowledge, you may have information, but you don't have wisdom on how to apply it, how to stay away from things. So when we pray that prayer, I guess when in the Lord's prayer, we are turning to God in repentance, not just in the sense of Lord, I'm sorry, but like, Lord, I'm depending on you to help me to not have these desires because we will have all these evil desires, but we don't have to make that desire lead into an action. So as long as we're here on this earth and we're in this body, we're having a fight. We have a fight within our flesh and in the spirit. But as long as we depend on God, we won't be led into this mindset. So it's through God. God is the spirit, the living water that'll put out the strange fire that's in us. But we have to keep going to that water and let him live inside of us, I guess, um, is the best way of putting it, to make sure that we're not led to this mindset. Because if we're not turning to God and not taking part of his spirit and of his living water, we can't put out the strange fire and it'll take over our mindset. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the next scripture we're going into, um, I, uh, I'm using an actual Bible today, so if you hear a little bit of page flipping, that's from me. But um, it's in Proverbs 3, 7. And before I read what I'm going to read, um, to explain, um, Proverbs was written by Solomon, uh, the son of David. He was king 
if you remember, um, he was blessed with wisdom. God blessed him with wisdom. So in this next chapter, I find it very interesting when he says this. And this, this, this whole chapter is talking about trusting in the Lord. And in verse 7 of chapter 3 in Proverbs, it says, Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. We need to make sure that we're not trusting in our own wisdom, our own knowledge. Of, of We need to make sure that we're doing it for God. And we need to turn away from evil. We can't be impressed by our own stuff. And how funny is that? It, 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 it's funny to hear that from Solomon that was probably, not probably, he was one of the wisest people to have ever lived. God blessed him with such great wisdom. And he says, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Don't be impressed. He's kind of saying, don't be impressed with what God gave you for himself. And he's like, don't be impressed with what you have. That, that's some, that, that was his greatest thing that he had. And he said, don't be impressed by this thing. But, Give it unto God and and fear the Lord and turn from evil. And I really think that's a very powerful. What are your thoughts on that, Amani? What I said earlier, too, like this is. I love that, especially coming from Solomon, because he was the wisest man in the Bible and in the world. It said none would come after him. And even with wisdom being the biggest thing he was known for. He even gave this advice to say, don't be impressed by your own wisdom, but to continually turn to God, because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, like I mentioned earlier. So as long as you turn yeah, to God, you'll be good. But if you think, mm -hmm. oh, well, I have this that, wisdom, yeah. so I don't need God anymore. That's when you really are in trouble, because that's when you become the most foolish person in the world, is when you think you'll be fine without God and without mm. his help and without his guidance yeah. because all of his rules are for a reason. He has a view that we can never have on the world. But if mm -hmm. we think that we're qualified God is going to give you into a mindset <laughs> that will show you just how yeah. unqualified you are. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, he'll humble you for sure. Yes, I know we've talked about it. I'd rather be humble than be humbled. Um, mm, come on. <laughs> but one of the next verses here um, is Matthew twelve thirty-eight through 45. And this will be wrapping up what exactly it means to be reprobate. And then after that, we will tell you a little bit about some stuff we can do to prevent that. So in Matthew 12, 38, um, Jesus is talking to people who were in the religious law and the Pharisees. And he, he really served them a couple things here. So, and starting at verse 38, it said, One day some of the teachers of religious law and Pharisees came to Jesus and said, Teacher, we want to show you, we want you to show us a miraculous sign to prove your authority. But Jesus replied, Only an evil, adulterous generation would demand miraculous, a miraculous sign. But the only sign I will give them is the sign of Jonah. Jonah the prophet for as Jonah was in the belly of a great fish for three days and three nights so will the son of man be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights the people of Nineveh will stand up against this generation on the day of gen judgment and condemn it for they repented for their sins at the preaching of Jonah now someone greater than Jonah is here but you refuse to repent the queen of Sheba also will stand up against this generation on the day of judgment and condemn it. For she came from a distant land to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Now someone greater than Solomon is here, and still you refuse to listen. When an evil spirit leaves a person and goes into the desert to seek rest, but finding none, then it says, I will return to the person I came from. So it finds its former home 
empty and swept in an order. Then the spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they all enter the person and live there. And so that person is worse off than before, and that will be the experience of evil of this generation. So once again, there's quite a few things to unpack here. So I think we actually talked about both of these stories that were referred to, which is good. If you watch these in order, if not, and you've never heard of these, if you go back to some prior episodes, you'll be able to figure out who some of these characters are. So first, yeah, absolutely. And it talks about the people of Nineveh. We had an episode where we talked a little bit about Jonah and those people, but they were evil people. Jonah didn't even necessarily want to go there, but he did go and they all repented and they were evil people these were not jews and these, this keep in mind this is the old testament these were not people of israel they were not jews yet god spared them for the repentance even in the old testament before the new covenant mm, and then yeah. we had the queen of sheba too which i remember mm. when we talked about i don't know if it was the temple or a different episode but i do remember talking about mm. uh yeah. solomon and his talk wisdom yeah. and how mm-hmm. I, I believe it was an episode about reputation i don't remember the specific one but mm, not sure um yeah. actually i want to look now because i want you to know which one i believe it was do you want fame or a good name that was the episode that was one of the earlier episodes but that episode we talked about what it meant to have a good name but here the queen of sheba it when it's referring to her she was one of the ones that came from afar to see solomon as it mentions in this verse and saw that they had a good reputation and they listened she listened to what solomon had to say but jesus himself this is god himself in the flesh he came down and they refused to listen and it talks about you know and this is like a kind of a side point too, but a lot of times we want a big mm-hmm. old sign and a big, and I yeah. don't think there's anything wrong with signs and miracles and wonders. I think that's good. And I think it's still stuff that mm-hmm. can happen today, but I think it's bad. Yeah. When we don't trust in God enough, even if that sign doesn't come or can't trust in God unless we have a sign. I know there's a story even that's just coming to mind now in the Bible when it talks mm-hmm. about, there's a short story in the Bible, but I'll sum it up that Jesus told, and it was about this man named Lazarus and a rich man. And Lazarus, he was a poor man. Mm-hmm. And not to be confused with a different Lazarus that uh, rose from the dead. But <laughs> I remember Lazarus, as a child, I always com- confused those two. <laughs> yeah, I was the house of the same person. Like, how did he die? Right? And then did he, like, come out of the... Like, it, it just didn't make any sense. Right? But you got to realize <laughs> yeah. they're two different people. So, mm-hmm. Lazarus, he was a poor man. And he didn't have like much food and he would be begging at like the king's gates or not the king but the rich dude um and the rich dude he was not nice to this uh lazarus poor dude and he wouldn't even give him like crumbs to the table nothing but then when they died solomon i mean not solomon <laughs> i'm mixing up all sorts of people now <laughs> lazarus i'm looking at yeah. i'm reading stuff and i'm looking at stuff so lazarus <laughs> he yeah ended up going not necessarily to heaven but they called it abraham's bosom a waiting place for heaven and then the rich dude he went to hell and he was sitting there like oh man i like i just want a little bit of water and Mm. he couldn't get it and then he was like well if you can't help me at least go back and tell my family like can you send a message to my family like show them a message from the dead and show them that they don't want to come here and they said we already have 
he you've had Moses, you've had plenty yeah. of people come before us, and they didn't listen. Yeah, he was and he even was he now, was asking to be sent himself from the dead, and they're like, no, if they they're not how why would they listen to you if they're not gonna listen to the prophets? Yeah, I remember that, that was powerful. Yeah, and like it doesn't it doesn't fully make sense to us always, but think about that, like. If you already didn't believe something, just because a sign happened or you just need sign after sign to prove something, do you really even actually believe? I know it talks about in the Bible that unbelief is a sin in itself. So, yeah, that's just another and, and little I, side point. Yeah, go ahead. All right. I love I love how in this verse, I mean, he, he names off so many other people from the Bible. I mean, we're talking about Jonah and Solomon. But I love when he says, um, for Jonah was in the belly of the great fish for three days and three nights. So will the son of man be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. I mean, he's talking about himself there. If you really pay attention, he said, Jonah was in there for three days and three nights. I'm going to be dead for three days and three nights. He always alludes to these, to this at times in the Bible and we, and we don't realize it, but mm-hmm. I, I, I love how it, he, he's alluding to it here. And, and then he talks about, he does comparisons with Jonah and he, um, he does comparison with Jonah and then with Solomon. And then if I, I, I love 43, it says when an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert rest, seeking rest, but finding none. It's saying, uh, you know, these evil spirit, uh, man, it, it is this, this verse, if you really look into it a lot, like, um, um, it really recommends in, in my Bible going into Luke, cha- Luke chapter 11 for a lot of this stuff. But, um, but I just love how it says it will go, you, the spirit leaves a person that goes into the desert seeking rest, but you will find none. You, the spirit that lives in you, the, the spirit of the evil spirits that are inside of you will never find rest because those things that you're le- leading on are not of God. And in God, you truly will find your true rest. You don't find rest unless it's in God, true rest. And, and then it says, then it's uh, actually, it says the words, then it says, I will return to the person I came from. So it returns and finds its former home, empty, swept, and in order. Then the spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they all enter the person and live there. And so that person is worse off the better. That will be the experience of this evil generation. He's literally saying, when you let one thing in your life, it's going to get worse. You're going to let, it, it, it will easily lead into, it says, seven other evil spirits that are more worse than themselves. You start off with a little bit. But it will grow, and it will grow into something huge and great and something you never expected it to grow into just because you let one thing in. I think that's very, very powerful what it's saying. Yes, and I think another thing that you can take from this too is that when you – it says like this evil spirit wasn't able to find rest. And if you think about it, if you try to satisfy the flesh, you'll never be satisfied. It's just interesting how if you let those spirits into your home, they bring their unrest with them. But if they go away, exactly, then exactly. it's only in God that you can find godly rest. And then I also think it's interesting, too, that Elijah had mentioned that footnote in his Bible with Luke 11. And that just talks about prayer. And it talks about the Lord's prayer there as well. So I think that's also good. And then it also talks about some other stuff that has to do with um, the spiritual world there. But prayer is important. You have to turn to God and you have to ask him to deliver you from this evil. Because you can't just do this by yourself. It's the dependence on God that helps you. 
But this verse, this passage here alone shows how important the Bible is as a cohesive unit, not just reading one part, not and like, I know a lot of people, when you're newer, I do recommend reading the New Testament first, just because that part applies to you more. But there's so much Absolutely. context before. There's no part of the Bible that's not important. And you could see how just stories in the Bible are prophetic. The story of Jonah, you would not necessarily think that that was prophetic just by reading it. But he used this to show that how that was prophetic, how he was in the belly for three days. Like that was another prophetic thing that was just through the life of another mm-hmm. person. And then two, yeah. these stories seem like they have nothing to do with each other. The Queen of Sheba and Jonah, mm-hmm. what do those have yeah. to do with each other? God, God <laughs> exactly. can tell you how it has something to do with each mm. other. Yeah, but it's just, I mean, it's powerful. Yes, and the wisdom like both of these places have wisdom that's the thing in common you wouldn't necessarily think that because it's like one place is repentant and then one person just came out to see somebody's wisdom but it was the turning to god that's where wisdom came from so i think that's really interesting just to see how god was able to connect these two different stories to make that point of believing and turning to god that's where wisdom came from but if not uh, you'll have some different problems as listed below. Mm-hmm. But just yeah. moving on, this is a verse that we've already referred to a bunch this episode. Maybe we should have put it before, but I'm going to read it now. So it's <laughs> Proverbs 1 and 7. And it says, fear, the, fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. I know different translations say, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, true knowledge, not just information, true knowledge, wisdom, understanding. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. I don't think people realize how important this verse is alone. And it, it's there's a lot of other verses, even as we've shown, and even more than we even have for this podcast episode. But that's what wisdom is. You cannot, I don't care how much school you go to, mm-hmm. I don't care about how many verses you look at, but unless you have the light yeah, of absolutely. God to enlighten what you're seeing, mm. you're never going to truly understand. Yeah. And if you don't have the dependence on the Almighty God, then you're not going to have any sort of direction for anything mm. that you do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's, that is so powerful. I, I love that verse. And I know Proverbs is just so wonderful. Like, I, I love how Solomon wrote Proverbs. I think there's so many great things in it. And yeah, I, I mean, it says fear of the Lord is the foundation. It's the foundation of knowledge. If, if we don't fear God, we'll never truly have that knowledge. And it doesn't mean a fear of like, oh my goodness, I'm terrified of you. I'm not going to, it's a different kind of fear. And, and, I, and I love that so much. Um, and then, Going into the next scripture that we have, and it's it's really lengthy. It's a little bit of a lengthy passage, um, so we're going to go into it. It's um, Ephesians four seventeen through thirty two. With the Lord's authority, I say this: Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from life. God gives because they are closed. They have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against Him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, 
which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes, put on a new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good, hard work, and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful, so your words will be encouraged encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. That is... A little bit of a lengthy passage, and it, it, it does get on for a little bit. And I do want to apologize if there's any noises going back in the background. Uh, we're in a little bit of a weird area today in my, for me. But um, how powerful is this? I mean, God's literally giving you the answers to everything you're doing. He says, if you're a thief, just stop stealing. And then, not only is he saying stop doing these things, but he's giving you things to do. He says, instead, use your hands for good work. And give generously to others in need. If you use foul abusive language, don't do that. You be good and helpful. Say thing. Say to be good and helpful to encourage others. I, I I really I really like how God doesn't just tell you not to do things. He explains what you can do to be better. You know. Exactly. So right there in that verse, it describes the two different natures. You can have two different mindsets. You can have a God mindset that's disciplined and that leads you to the right way. Now it's going to take some work and it's going to take turning to God. Or you can have the mindset of a reprobate. And I know one story, too, which I'm not going to go all the way into it, which I believe we've talked about it before. But when you think about, for example, Lot's wife, and this is about the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, the evil city that got destroyed, and God was delivering Lot and his family away from that. But his wife wanted to turn away. You can either turn to God and be saved. Or you can turn back to your old ways and be almost worse off than what you were before. When they were getting delivered, the, f the city was getting destroyed in the process, and they were told specifically not to turn back to the old way, not to turn back, I guess, in an allegorical way, to their sin. And Lot's wife did that. So when she did that, she became paralyzed, even in the middle of deliverance, even in the middle of getting out of an evil situation, going somewhere better she still became paralyzed. That's what a reprobate mind is. It disqualifies you from the salvation that you're going. And it doesn't mean that you can't be saved. This is just an example right here. Yeah, absolutely. But that's what it does. It disqualifies you. It stops you right in the tracks of salvation and makes you worse off. I know I talked about when a demon goes away and comes back, it tries to bring seven other demons with it. If you let that back in, it's going to be worse mm -hmm. than what it was before. And that's it makes it that much harder to turn to God. But that's yeah, all I mean, it is. You have to turn to, somewhere. Yeah. You either gonna repent yeah. and turn to God or mm, repent absolutely. And, or not repent and turn back to yeah. God. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, we talked about it a bunch where we've said, like, once you let a little bit in, it takes you a mile. I mean, there's a song that we do for the kids' ministry and an action song that says, If you give the devil an inch, he'll take you a mile. And it's 
cool when we do the actions and it's fun, but really it's so true. If you give God just uh, the devil just a little bit, he'll take it and you'll go further in sin than you ever thought before. And it is so true. Exactly. And I know another thing you can do too um, is get dressed in the spirit, I guess is the best way to put it. But Mm -hmm. I won't go all the way to the verse about putting on the armor of God. But we do need to be protected. And that's part of what you can do in prayer and spiritually. So you can be ready and not let anything come into your mind and lead you away. Putting on the armor of God is not just to fight, but to be protected. The helmet of salvation reminds us of why we're saved. Righteous living, the breastplate of righteousness covers our heart. Faith protects us from evil. And it talks about in that passage, I believe it's Ephesians 6. Um, it talks about how that shield of faith and God, dependence on God, even when you can't see it, dependence on God protects you from the fiery darts of the devil. And the thing about a fiery dart is that it doesn't just stab you and pierce you, but it catches something on fire and spreads. But if you have that belief on God, no matter how many darts come towards you, it's not going to get to you and change your mind or affect you and granted like you know you can still turn to god you still have a chance as long as you have life in your body but if you could prevent that from happening in the first place you can go further you could do more and you can ultimately be better off because why go through a trial that you don't have to go through putting your faith in god yeah absolutely darting intrusive thoughts that will try to lead our hearts back into the sin that we were delivered from we just need to make sure that we are dressed up in the spirit and are following God's will and doing so intentionally. I say get dressed. I love how it says putting on the armor of God. You can't just have it. You have to put it on daily. That's the thing you have to do daily. Turn to God and put on the armor daily. So then when you go out, you'll be ready for the different things that come. So you won't be dragged away. You won't be tempted to turn back. So kind of concluding this podcast and I think there's a verse that really comes to mind when talking about this whole subject um, and I actually what's funny is we found it in the uh, dictionary when we were talking about this podcast just a little bit before I, I went and looked in the dictionary like we talked about and I found uh, a little bit of this in there I thought man this actually would really good go good with reprobate so we're going to talk about it 1 Corinthians 9 24 through 27 it says don't you realize that in a race everyone runs but only one person gets the prize so run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with a purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, my I myself might be disqualified. And like we said, earlier reprobate is like being disqualified so when it uses the word disqualified we, we imagine talking about a reprobate and in, in ways we, be, we can be reprobated but i like how it uses as an athlete in this one how it talks about they run they run or they do what they do to win they don't do what they do just because they want to they do what they do because they want the prize and so we need our prize is heaven i mean really think about that that is the best prize you could ever get like there's no there's nothing greater than that and we get this for free all we have to do is just live a life for him but we got to do it to the fullest we got to run like they said in this like 
they said we can't we can't do it as a walk we can't be lazy with it we can't we can't start running the opposite direction we had to follow the track god gave us a track and a direction we just got to run in that path but he says you got to run you can't walk you can't just drag your feet along you got to run and you got to want it it's got to be if, if we don't want this thing then we shouldn't be here and like it said he said that i don't preach and then myself be disqualified because we can do it for others right it's easy to preach to others about what you need to do to be saved but are we living that life are we making sure we spend time to pray to god are we making sure that we make the time to do these things that god has asked us to do are we taking those times are we actually running towards the cross or are we a coach trying to make others run towards the cross and we're going to stand on the sideline like, you got this, you can do it. Or are we going to be an example? And they can be running behind us, but we're going to be running too. Which way are you going to do it? And I think I love this verse so much because it, it kind of really does conclude what we're saying in this. We got to make sure that we are running that race every day, right? Yes. And that was so, that was the really thing that stuck out to me that at the end it says, otherwise I fear that after hold on i hope i hope you guys can hear me well because i've realized that the distance from my mic really does matter <laughs> but i'm close now so the part that really stuck out to me especially when she wrote it right here i was like oh wow um it said otherwise i fear that after preaching to others i myself might be disqualified imagine just putting numbers on this not that this I mean, it does matter, but not that this actually matters, but imagine leading thousands and thousands and thousands of people mm. to Christ and going to hell. Yeah. Like, just imagine yeah. that. Like, I was able to tell everybody the way to go, and I couldn't even yeah. make it myself. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's crazy to think about, truly. You can be, I mean, you can have all the knowledge in the world, but without that, mm. you are still a you are unwise for not turning to mm. God and letting Him yeah. lead your life, and that that's mm. that's that that should be a really big thing because you know we always talk about oh this person's a false teacher and like you know maybe they may say some things false but they may still lead somebody to Christ, but they need mm. to make sure that they're focused on their foundation uh, foundation yeah. and their own walk because we're going to be held accountable for the stuff we do um, as a teacher too. Yeah. So when people yeah, teach, absolutely. like you're still going to be held accountable for that, but you may even do a good job teaching, but you're still going to be held accountable for the rest of your life. Mm. And yeah. even if I you're mean, not a teacher, was, yeah. you know, like yeah. you may have the best teacher in the world and hear everything, mm. but you can still not you do can it. Still yeah. not make it either. It's, it, it really it's, 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 it is, it is truly sad when that happens. I know I actually, um, for my, one of my courses, um, I was taking a class and we had to watch this hour-long video. And there's, there's a man in there that literally he's preaching and, he, and he's giving everything. And, and he, was a, he was a scholar and so he had a lot of knowledge. And so he, he was known to bring people, atheists, different people that just totally didn't believe in God and bring them through facts and through knowledge and things like that. And this man, they found out, um, I, don't, I don't remember if it was after his passing or around the time when he was passing, that he had lived a, a second life and that he had had tons and tons of mistresses and that he was living the wrong life. And so was he directing people to God? Did he save a bunch of people? Yes. But because of what he did, he wasn't living the right, right life, right? He was telling people how to live the right life, but he wasn't living it for himself. So that's just a prime example. Uh, hearing that just this has been a few days ago and I was like wow how crazy is that that he led so many people to God yet he didn't do it for his own self 
wow, that, that is crazy to me. Are, are you truly listening to the words that you're saying yourself? Because it's so easy to open your Bible, read a scripture, and talk to people about it. But are you actually reading that scripture and understanding it for yourself? Or are you just reading it out of your mouth? I was just thinking, like, imagining in my head, like, you know, there's so many, like, Judgment Day, you know, especially, like, you know, we've all done stuff that we really regret. And just imagine, like, just a replay of your life. I mean, even if you, like, you know, you've been redeemed, like, there's still some stuff that's, like, you know, God forgives everything, but for us, it's like, oh, and especially to watch it again on that day, it's like, oh, I've changed. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I'm glad mm. you threw that in to see forgetfulness. That's going to be, I'm not trying to look at right, that. <laughs> that's going to be a fun day but, with, with God when he sees everything that we've, we've done. That'll be but a, I'm just imagining, like, yeah. it's like, oh, God, Lord, Lord, mm. I did all this. I did miracles in your name. Yeah. Yes, let's yep. play that tape. You said, don't do this. Look at you over here doing that all right. the time right yeah. there's play there's, the there's scenes the of great things and then right after that great thing that he did there was a sin and then there was a great thing he was doing and like, then there's don't, don't more and more sin that's not listening he, don't mm. don't Come be on. fornicating and then it shows all of his wives or all of his not wives shows because all. it's not wives right. and if it's, it's, it's a yeah. lot of wives it's a whole different issue right. we're not people. King Solomon over here <laughs> all of those all those people Just I'm just imagining that we need to mm, make sure yeah. that we're not only knowing the word, that we're not only mm. teaching the word, but we're living it yeah. in living our public it. and private life. There's a lot yeah. of issues, but even being in the church, that mm-hmm. we may look the part, but not be live, mm. living it in the fullness. And exactly. it matters. It matters in every way. Because everything matter. done in the dark really will come does. to light. And even if it doesn't come to mm-hmm. light in your lifetime, and it may not even, people may never even find the evidence, but God still has the evidence. And it's going to come back to you. You're going to be held accountable for everything you do. So that's why we need to make sure we keep our minds stayed on God. Keep our minds turned mm-hmm. to God. I know, I believe I talked about this in the last episode, the misconception of repentance. It's when it talks about dying daily, it's not just saying, God, I'm sorry. And I think this is something that a lot of us don't focus on. I think it's almost as the more I think about it, the more detrimental I think it is when people only focus on, oh, saying, God, I'm sorry. I mean, there may have been things like we're not perfect. I, I will never be perfect. But I think we put too much emphasis on the sorrowful part when that's not even what it means. It means to literally turn to God, to humble yourself and to turn to God, not just being sorry. If you're sorry, go ahead and say sorry. But there needs to be an action of change. And even if yeah. you didn't do anything that day, I mean, I'm sure there's stuff we might do that are little. But, like, yeah. even if you somehow didn't even do anything that day, you still have something to repent for. Like, you still need to repent. Yeah. There's still an action you need Absolutely. to take to turn to God because mm-hmm. he's still going to give turn you to God that day, yeah. It's not just mm-hmm. saying I'm sorry. Because eventually there has to be a point we need yeah. to stop having something to say sorry for every day. <laughs> You know, I'm exactly. not saying that, you know, oh, no, like, absolutely. we make mistakes, we trip up sometimes, but we need to get to that point mm. where we're disciplined and being disciples and living mm. fully and Amen. moving from milk to meat. We can't just stay on the same concepts and just like, oh, I have to say sorry again. Oh, I learned this and I'm, I'm still stuck here because once we finally change over and repent, not only like and truly live a lifestyle of repentance and not just saying i'm sorry then that's when you can finally start to get into all sorts of interesting concepts in the bible 
So it really it really matters the mindset you have. But it's all based on Absolutely. the mindset you have on God and keeping your mind on God mm-hmm. at all times, not just in your prayer time or not just when you're at yeah. church, but at all times, continually having them on your mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. And man, uh, just this is is such a good topic and i like that we talked about the the reprobate today but i just i love that scripture it's such a good scripture i I love when i have during the week i have scriptures i read and and um i go in philippians i go in romans and and i love that scripture so much i'm gonna make sure uh, for the week every week i'm gonna make sure i read that because that is such a powerful one i mean everything in this bible is powerful if you truly truly take it in its full context you can find something powerful in every piece that's in here. Everything's important. Even the people that was um, that are mentioned just a few times. And actually, it was what was funny is I did a study in um, Abel in the Bible. We know that story so well. Abel's name is only mentioned probably five or six times in the Bible at all. And yet we know such Abel's life. We can tell you the Abel's life. And yet it was only named in the Bible a handful of times. I mean, everything in this Bible is so important, even with one or two mentions of someone's name. It's in there for a purpose, and I love it so much. And we want to thank you guys so much for sticking around for this podcast. We did take a break a little while ago, and it wasn't wasn't easy, and we're still trying to find a great schedule to go on. And it's not always easy, but we really just want to get this out to you guys because we're both doing college, and... We're both going through study. We're both studying, and, and it does take a struggling. lot, and there is a lot of time that we spend. <laughs> yeah, struggling. Amen, struggling. I actually, this week I have to work on a huge, uh, I got to create an outline for a sermon, and they gave, they gave us, they're like, you got a week to do this. Have fun. Uh, by the time this podcast comes out, I'll probably have wrote, wrote it, so if anyone has any questions, uh, don't ask me, because <laughs> I'm going to just write it out of fear that I that I don't write it. That's the only reason I'm going to write it. So, um, But yeah, yeah. Um, it's been it's been a little stressful around just trying to figure out both of our schedules different times. Three hour difference is crazy. It's three thirty four in the morning and for Abani. Oh, sorry. See, that's another <laughs> that's another issue too. It's exactly. Got to do it virtually. Mm-hmm. There's glitching, so bear with us. Exactly. Those glitches, but it's worth it. Yeah. I'm glad you guys even take the time. Exactly. We love doing this. We don't. I mean, of course, part of it is fun, but. It's, yeah. it's really rewarding, not in the fact, you know, looking at mm-hmm. all, our numbers are not as high as we'd like them to be. So it has nothing to do with it. <laughs> yeah. If, yeah. If we was doing this to get paid, uh, we should have quit the first time. Oh, uh, because we man. <laughs> right? But, man, if we were doing this to get paid, I'd be able to afford my college bills. Amen, <laughs> brother. Yes, but unfortunately, that is not the case, but it's not about that. Mm, come on. Exactly. Have, and that's, a, that's another thing. Yeah. If you ever want to do a podcast, you do anything, when you do things with the Lord, especially. Make sure your passion exceeds the reward that you'll ever see. Because if mm-hmm. you see that only two people watch your podcast, which that's not the case, we're not doing that mm. bad. But if we're not you see that. only, you know, you may have had a goal <laughs> yeah. for 15, you only had 10 people. Or you may have a goal for this and only 30 people watch. Or whatever your goal may be, you know, make sure your passion is rooted in Christ. Your mind is stayed on Christ instead of, oh, this is what I'm going to get. Because you'll keep going you'll have that endurance to keep running even when you don't see it because that's what faith is it's the evidence of things we can't see and 
I hope that we're sowing a seed and maybe inspiring you to do your own thing, whether it be a social media ministry, maybe it be your own podcast, YouTube series, whatever, or just starting a Bible study with somebody else, or maybe not even all that. Maybe just getting into the Bible for yourself and getting a deeper relationship. It's all worth it. But yes, we're so glad you guys listened in and have been bearing with us. Uh, I know we've been waiting a while. Our break lasted a lot longer than what I'd like it to. And we're still on break recording this. So uh, we have a couple episodes well before this. But I'm really looking forward to see the trajectory. Uh, I'm over here stumbling over words. Trajectory of this podcast. And we're just very glad you guys have listened. But yeah, we'll be praying for you. We hope you guys take all this to mind. And we just hope that you have a blessed rest of your day. God bless. God bless.